Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to get the sleep that you deserve. CBDPM blends melatonin with other sleep-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And to make it even easier, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that is CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 934 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, it is Friday evening. We'll break down what became a 12-point loss, a 121-109 to defeat for the Hawks up in Boston. It was worse than that for most of the night, so not exactly the most positive takeaway, but a reasonable uh, and pretty intriguing fourth-quarter push to sort of salvage some of their face in this game. And we'll talk about all of that stuff. I do want to say, before we get started, if you're a new listener, welcome to the podcast. Please subscribe to the show if you've not done that already. I really appreciate all of these subscriptions and ratings, reviews, all that stuff. And thank you, as always, for engaging with the content. Okay, um, as a refresher for this game, the same four injuries for the Hawks, all on the perimeter, of course, led by DeAndre Hunter and Bogdan Bogdanovich, both out of the game in this spot. But a pretty clean injury report other than that. Boston, though, was better on paper coming into the game, and then they played like it. Uh, they had Kevin Walker back, who was really good in this game. They had Daniel Tice back. He was also pretty good in this game. And then Jalen Brown was questionable, but he ended up playing, as we discussed on yesterday's podcast with, with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. But uh, our friends our friends at Online had the Celtics actually favored by five points after it was only about two on Wednesday, and that was just because they had a better roster available. And that proved to be the case in this game. Uh, you know, it was... Uh, broadly speaking, the Hawks probably did not, didn't play as badly as the margin was at the end of the third quarter, but they probably played worse than the margin at the, at the end of the game, if that makes sense. They probably deserve to lose this game by more than 12, but less than 27. At any rate, uh, we'll dive in now to the game flow and the way things transpired in this spot. At the outset, the Hawks missed a couple of easy shots in the early going, and Boston was better defensively than they were uh, overall uh, on Wednesday, especially in the early going of this game. But the Celtics opened up this game hot offensively, and they didn't really cool down until the fourth quarter, honestly. They were 8 of 10 from the floor at, at, at the start. They had a 12, to, a 12 to 4 run to go up by a score of 18 to 11. Propped a timeout from the Hawks. It was a lot of struggles offensively. There was one nice little stretch with uh, Trey hitting a floater out of a timeout, and then Capella had a nice block shot. Sort of a normal rotation for Atlanta, going with Gallinari and Snell as the first subs. Solomon Hill, Solomon Hill after that uh, went to Skylar Mays um, at one point, and then Brufinan got, got, got a couple of stints in this game as well, which we'll come back to. But the Hawks trailed by as many as 15 in the first quarter before settling in down by 11. Just a ton of missed shots. Again, a couple of wide-open missed threes. Um, Atlanta shot 7 of 23 from the floor. It was as bad as that or worse, honestly. Only three assists in the first quarter. And then Boston shot 59% from the floor and had 10 assists in the first 12 minutes on the way to 33 points. That continued into the second quarter. Uh, at one point, the quartet of Cam Reddish, John Collins, Danilo Gallinari, and Kevin Herter were 0 of 19 from the floor. I'll say that again. Four of Atlanta's top six players offensively coming into this game. You know, four of their starters plus Gallinari. Uh, sorry, th- three starters plus Gallinari, who is their sixth man right now, basically. Those guys combined to miss their first 19 shots. And in the entire first half, those four guys shot one of 26. That's really hard to do. Like, 
really, really hard to have four good NBA players shoot one of 26 on the floor uh, in, in, in any half. And that happened. That was sort of a microcosm of the first half in a lot of ways, but wow. Uh, at any rate, um, the Hawks turned it over a little bit uh, in the early going. In fact, Boston kicked it around a little bit as well. Uh, it was kind of funny. After they, they didn't turn them all over a lot, they actually had a ton of turnovers in little pockets at that, at, that, at that spot, but the Hawks were really, really, really turning the ball over and not protecting the ball whatsoever in the, se- in the second quarter. Boston had a 9-0 run to go up 15, and then the run pushed up overall after a timeout to 20-3. to That was really the difference in this game, honestly, was that 20-3 run by Boston to take it from a lead that they had already that was pretty comfortable to a lead that was probably insurmountable, at least in a reasonable case. You know, you go down, you go up, down 25 at any point, you're probably going to lose. Of course, you're a huge underdog at that, at that point in time. But that was really the game, at least for me, the biggest swing of the game was that 20-3 run in the second quarter. The Hawks did sort of stabilize a little bit before halftime, but still down by 25 at the half. Um, on the bright side for the Hawks in the first half, it was Trey Young and Clint Capella. Those two guys combined to shoot 10 of 13 from the floor and made all six free throw attempts. They had 28 points combined at the half. And if that's where I stopped, you might think that the Hawks were pretty decent offensively in the first half. But the rest of the team was 4 for 30. <laughs> 4 for 30. Uh, and by the way, that was that included 3 of 4 of the guys, uh, 3 for 4, I should say, the guys that I didn't mention before. So that, that 1 of 26 from the 4 of the top 6 players really dragged them down in the first half. In fact, Gallinari and Collins, the two power forwards, combined to shoot 0 of 14. Honestly, it was the worst half of the season from John Collins in the first half of this game. You know, obviously, I am uh, I'm pretty high on John. I think he's very good at basketball. This does not mean that he's bad, but that first half was uh, excruciating for him. It was one of those times where it, it's rare for John, honestly, because he's usually consistent in terms of, at least relatively so, about even when he has a shakier game, he's usually going to contribute something. In the first half of this game, he was brutal. Um, he was not, he was not alone by any by any means, but it's more noteworthy when he when he struggles because it just doesn't happen very often. Um. Also, Gallinari had a brutal, like, Euro foul with five seconds to go in the first half for no reason. I'm not really sure why he did that in the backcourt. Um, he also missed a bunch of open shots, but still was also uh, unplayable, pretty much, in the first half. And then Herter and Reddish, the two starting wings right now, combined to shoot 1 of 12 from the floor and 0 of 7 from 3. And Herter was pretty jarringly bad as well. So, you know, obviously, Cam's had struggles this year and Gallinari as well, but, um, you know, Kevin and John being as bad as they were in the first half is, uh, is pretty rough. They had some good looks, I will say. You know, I'm not sure the Hawks deserve to be as bad offensively as they were in the first half. You know, some of that shooting luck. Um, I, if I say it the other way, I, I will have to say it this way as well. The Hawks probably needed to be, uh, they, got, they got a little bit unlucky in this spot offensively, but that does not excuse their the fact that they, they were just terrible in the first half. The Hawks just did not play well whatsoever. It was not good offensively. They didn't get much of the rim either. They, only, they had 22 points in the paint in the first half. They got bludgeoned 36-22 in the paint. Uh, Capella did most of that damage, but other than him and the occasional Trey Young floater, there, there was not really anything going, going to the rim. A lot of jump shots. They settled a lot in this game, and they just did not make shots to overcome that. And then defensively, it wasn't good. It wasn't as bad, maybe, as the numbers indicated. I don't think it was comical the entire half, but it was pretty bad. No question about it. Especially and this is what really will bug you, and I think people that I were talk, talk, talking to during the game that were smart observers like Jason Walker, um, Tyler Jones, friend of the program, of course, um, those guys noticed this as well. It seemed like the Hawks just kind of let go of the rope a little bit at the end of the first half, and that's the stuff you can't have. Obviously, you're going to have bad shooting halves, you're going to have bad halves overall, but they, if they had been down 15 instead of 25 at the half, it's a different game, potentially, and they just kind of let go of the rope defensively late in the first half, and overall, they were already bad enough where that kind of put them over the edge. The Celtics actually had a 
three and a half minute scoring drought at the beginning of the second quarter, which is a long scoring drought to have to have no points. And Boston still had a offensive rating of almost 130 before halftime, even while not scoring for three and a half minutes. That's tough to do. And uh, the, the transition, uh, I, th- I think the Hawks were bad in transition defense the entire game, quite honestly, but especially in the first half. And uh, yeah, lots lots of boxes to check there. Kemba Walker had it going as well. He was obviously a big change from the game on Wednesday. He has struggled this season, as we discussed yesterday on the podcast with John. But uh, you know, he had it going, and the Hawks had no answers for him, and that kind of tipped things in their in their scales a little bit. But uh, yeah, in general, I thought going into halftime that the game might get out of hand, uh, and it didn't. So I guess that's a mild credit. We'll come back to that momentarily. Talk about the second half and some takeaways, etc. But first, a word from our sponsors on the podcast today, and the first of which is betonline.ag. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, and many more sports are in full swing, but there's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust, and that place is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, and you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% welcome bonus with the site. On top of the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, baseball is on the way in the near future and all kinds of additional angles to handicap, including awards, TV shows, and reality TV. In fact, there are dozens of real-time updated props on almost anything you can imagine, and BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds, including future bets, if you want to look way ahead. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Instead, get in on the action and visit the website or use a mobile device to sign up today. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. One more time, that is promo code Locked On for 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so the second half was better than the first, obviously. Uh, if you watch this game, you will definitely know that. If you just look at the box score, it also pops out. The third quarter, though, they played to a draw, which obviously is not what you want to do when you're down by 25. The Hawks were definitely better in the third quarter. They came out of the gate and intentionally kind of force-fed John Collins on the first trip, which I, I actually like that decision by Nate McMillan to kind of draw that up, get the ball in his hands after after he had been so bad in the first half. He got free throws out of that. And they got a lob dunk from Young to Capella in the second possession. It kind of felt like they were playing a little bit better at the outset there. There was a wild stretch by Cam Reddish in which he had, on the positive side, he had two steals in a row. On the negative side, offensively, he had a shot blocked on the next possession and then committed a truly awful turnover on a no-look pass that I'm not sure what he was thinking about. So it was one of those camera experiences where defensively he was really popping in this game and honestly made a bunch of plays um, throughout, quite honestly. Uh, actually tied his career high in steals uh, in the third quarter at one point. Um, but it was one of those highs and lows moments. But there was an 8-2 eight, eight, eight to two run by the Hawks, uh, sort of a mini-run, actually Reddish capped with a dunk in transition. And the Hawks, the Hawks cut the lead to 19 at that point in time. So... Obviously, down 19, you're still in trouble, but 25 to 19 is a pretty big little depth. I would say a pretty big difference early in the third quarter. But from there, uh, Boston got, got it back a little bit. I will say, Boston, t- you know, they had five turnovers in the first five minutes of the, of the third quarter. They they were pretty bad at the outset of the third. So the Hawks probably should have been cutting in the lead even more than they were. And frankly, the Celtics were pretty bad after halftime overall. That was like sort of the secret of this game because you won by double digits. But Boston was pretty terrible after halftime, alas. Um, Collins had a weird airball three, which is just not his night. Obviously, he was bad in this game. And then uh, they got back down to 21 pretty quickly, another timeout. 
Um, noteworthy to me, they brought in Bruno Fernando for a second stint in the third quarter pretty early for Capella, and that was normally when Gallinari would come in. I actually thought that might be shutting Gallinari down for the rest of the night. That did not happen. He actually played a lot the rest of the way. That was interesting to me. Um, they, they, they did not go to Skylar Mays at any point in the second half. They went to Brandon Goodwin, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, Jalen Brown hit three threes in a row, basically, for Boston to put them up by 27 again late in the third. It felt over at that point. You know, once the league gets down to 19, normally in an NBA game, if you get a run going, it can sort of sort of snowball. But Boston put a stop to it with those with those three threes. And down 27 there, it's, uh, it's an uphill climb, to be sure, down 25 at the end of the third quarter. The Hawks did shoot well in the third. 50% from the floor, had 8 assists, Trey had 10 points. Played them even, obviously, in the third. That was much better, but not quite enough when you're down by 25. But the big run was still coming, and it happened with the bench on the floor, actually. Uh, Goodwin did not play at all in the first half. They went, they went with Mays on the first time through the rotation. But to open the fourth quarter, I should say, they went to a lineup that had four bench guys in Capella, with Goodwin at, with at the point, along with uh, Snell, Hill, uh, Gallinari. And... That was the one big run of the game for Atlanta. It was an 11-0 run by the Hawks. Cut the lead from 25 down to 14. That included two threes by, uh, two threes by Snell, who was really good when he played in this game. And then after a couple of uh, back-and-forth possessions, Solomon Hill had a three to make the lead 103-90 to with about eight minutes to go. So the bench took the lead, basically, from 25 down to 13, and that's huge. That makes the game manageable. That called, they, they, they called timeout there, Boston did. The Hawks got back the starters back in there with about 6.40 to go. They brought Young, Harder, and Reddish back in the game. And I'm not, I'm pretty sure they were not coming back in without a big run from the bench, so credit to them for getting, making things interesting. But Young hits a three on the right wing to cut the margin to 108-99 to 99 with 4.50 to go. So, you know, down nine with five minutes to go, you are a big underdog, but when you're down 25 a few minutes before that, that's a huge swing, and when Trey's got it going and the offense is clicking a little bit, it was a game at that point in time. It wasn't over by any means. Now, out of that timeout, they gave Capella a breather. He was gassed, I thought, pretty visibly at one point. He was playing really, really hard on the offensive glass as well. But that hurt them, to be sure. Boston got an easy bucket out of that. And then Trey missed a pretty shaky floater from like 17 feet that he missed. Um, and then Boston got another dunk. Gallinari hit a three to cut it back to 10. But from that point forward, it was a kind of back and forth, back and forth. I thought Kemba's three to put the Celtics up by 13 again was a big one with about, you know, three minutes to go-ish. And then the Hawks did get it down to 11 one more time, but it never got below nine where they were after that tray three with about five minutes to go. And a couple of uh, pretty easy short roll, like lob dunk plays. Uh, Capella sat for like two minutes. It felt, it felt like, like like an eternity because Gallinari especially is just so exploitable defensively. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, Boston shot 61% from the floor through three quarters. So that's obviously just like terrible. But in the fourth, they, they did a pretty good job, Atlanta did defensively, except for those short roll dunks the Boston got in crunch time. But they held them to 23 points. The Hawks won the fourth quarter by 13. It just didn't necessarily uh, matter in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, again, the fact that this game was competitive for the last five minutes was uh, a big change from where I thought it was going to be before that. So credit to the bench and uh, especially to Capella and Young for making things uh, a little bit interesting down there um, at the end. So um, takeaways-wise... Atlanta's offense looked better than it actually was in this game in the stats. They had about a 108 offensive rating, which is not good, but it's not as bad as it could have been. And they did shoot well in the fourth. Um, and they actually, the entire, the entire second half, they actually shot the ball, you know, decently well. Because as I said before, the first half numbers were like, you know, breathtakingly poor. After halftime, the Hawks shot 52% from the floor and 715 from three with 15 free throw attempts. So if that's just all you look at, 
is the second half offense. Atlanta really cooked offensively. Actually, only three turnovers as well in the second half. So Trey Young had 17, but after half had eight assists. They were good offensively in the second half. It just didn't matter because the first half was so bad. So other than that, you know, offensively, not too much, not too much to else to add other than just we'll talk about individual players in a second. Um, defensively, I think that the numbers are earned and how bad they were. Boston had about a 121 offensive rating in this game, and that is uh, again with a pretty cold fourth quarter. It was about 130-ish after three quarters, and that is more telling. I think the Hawks were just pretty bad. Um, the starters got bludgeoned, honestly. Uh, Capella actually ended up with a reasonable net rating, but everybody else was got pretty much killed when they're on the court of the starters in this game. They just couldn't get stops, and part of that was Boston shooting the ball hotly, and they they definitely were hot in this game. But Boston uh, Atlanta also struggled defensively. That's worth pointing out as well. Okay, before we get to the individual breakdowns and much more, of course, on the podcast, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is Built Bar. Everyone knows I love Built Bar. I say it all the time on this very podcast. It's the best protein bar ever. Part of that is that it's absolutely delicious. Part of that is also that it's healthy. It's packed with protein. It does the job under any number of circumstances. And today, though, we are going to talk specifically about the flash sale for the coconut puff version of Built Bar. It has luscious chocolate and soft marshmallow. It also is made with a premium collagen protein blend. And the coconut puff bar has 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar. On top of tasting great, it is also gluten-free and preservative-free, and it's for a limited time only with a one-day sale. Yes, a one-day sale. As always, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get 20% off your next order with Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Check out the coconut puff bar with a one-day flash sale right now. Okay, we will finish up the podcast with the individual breakdowns, as we often do. On the show, we'll start with the bench in this game. And in general, the bench was better than the starters in terms of the actual effectiveness. Now, I'm not sure that was actually representative of their play necessarily, but uh, in terms of the plus-minus stuff and etc. Um, Akongwa was the only guy that was active that did not play in this game. Nathan Knight was not active. I'm not sure if that was just a, you know, he was not injured to my knowledge, so just inactive. But Akongwa got the DNP. You know, it's kind of interesting. I think it might be a uh, situation where they just kind of rest him for a while and have him come up to speed. I'm not sure what the plan is there. We'll ask about that in the near future when they come back home, hopefully. But it was Bruno Fernando as the backup center. He played 11 minutes. Um, he was not, like, terribly effective. He had two points and had four rebounds. He wasn't terrible. I thought he did. He, I thought he, did, he pretty much did his job in this game. Nothing flashy, but it was fine. Um, Skylar Mays, one stint in the first half. Played pretty well, I thought. Three points. Had an assist. Made his only shot. Uh, wasn't like a groundbreaking effort, but was fine. Uh, Tony Snell, 17 minutes. Made both of his threes in the second half. Had six points, was plus 11. Had a steal and an assist. It was a very Tony Snell game in a lot of ways. Randy Goodwin actually played the first five minutes of the fourth quarter. Took one shot. Had no rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. And was plus 11. <laughs> it's one of those. This is one of those crazy plus-minus games where you kind of, it doesn't really necessarily tell you much, and we'll talk about that more in a second, but that was a funny one. Brandon was fine. He didn't do anything terrible or anything. It was fine, but uh, funny that he's plus 11 in his one stint. Solomon Hill was good, I thought, like flat out good. He had 12 points, four rebounds, an assist, a steal. He was plus 12 in 18 minutes, three or four from the floor, one of one from three. Actually got to the line five times, which is a uh, not normally what he's going to be doing at this point. In fact, he, he took more, more free throws than anybody except for Trey, which is not normal for Solomon Hill, but he was really good. Honestly, I would have considered closing with him in this game. I'm not sure if I would have done it, but I at least would have thought about it. He was, he was pretty good. Um, and then finally Gallinari, who Gallinari, um, nine points, three rebounds, three assists, a steal. And he was plus nine, which is funny because if you watch this game, he was bad, uh, again. And it's one of those things where 
I'm not going to do it every single game. I just I just kind of refuse. But it, right now, it's just a talking point all the time. Gallinari, I know a lot of Hawks fans don't watch the entire league, and people might think that Gallinari is terrible, and I, and I get it because he, he looks bad. He looks slow. The shots have not been going in in recent days. And if, if the shots don't go in right now with the way he's playing defense, it becomes untenable. So I totally get that. Uh, I will just say Gallinari is not a guy that I would give up on entirely because this is a guy who's been a good player for a very, very long time. But in in the two games in Boston, he was 5 of 27 from the floor. And if that happens, he's just unplayable because defensively he is bad, like flat-out bad. There's no way of talking around it. Um, he can't move, and he gets exploited and gets attacked. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's rough. The plus 9 is kind of hilarious because, again, he was bad in this game, 2 of 14 from the floor. You just can't overcome that. So... Uh, there's a conversation to be had about whether he should be playing in crunch time, for sure. Um, the minutes that he is getting, I understand, because you know the track record is what it is. Like He's been a good player for a long time, and the Hawks don't have a ton of other options. Like Yes, they could have gone to Solomon Hill more in this game. I would have been okay with that, but it's Solomon Hill versus a guy you just paid 20-plus million a year to this offseason. And I get that at some point the results have to matter, but they have to... You have to keep context into account here. He's going to play, um, at least until he proves he can't. So we'll see what happens. But uh, he was not good, again, in this game. To the starters. Uh, kind of a mess. We'll save the two guys who played well for the end. Uh, Cam Reddish had some nice moments defensively, I will say that. He had five steals. That was that's ties, ties a career high for him. He had a block, five rebounds. Uh, he was nine points, though. Three of 13 from the floor, 0 oh, four from three. Offensively, it was not good. A couple of really bad decisions in terms of like either driving in and trying to shoot over a guy who he has no chance of shooting over at the rim. A couple of bad passes. There one that was uh, the jarring one on the behind the back pass or the no look pass. That was a rough one. Um, you know, it was a, not as bad as it's been at times. Like it's funny because when we talk about Herder and Collins, those guys were probably the worst. The worst they've been this season, or always close to it. That wasn't the case for Cam. Like he wasn't good in this game, but because of the defense and the playmaking that he had there, that lifts him a little bit. He was still probably below average in this game because of the bad shooting and uh, it's hard to overcome three or thirteen from the floor. But I, he did make some plays, so I will be uh, candid and just say he was a little bit better than the numbers probably indicate. Uh, Herder was not good. Uh, two seven from the floor did, did make his only uh, two shots after the half, which is helpful. Um, five points, three assists. Two rebounds. He did a decent job on Jason Tatum at times. I thought that's a tough matchup for him, quite obviously. Tatum is an all, like an all all star, all maybe all, maybe even all NBA player, and Herder. That's a tough one for him. But he did okay for the most part in that matchup. But offensively, especially in the first half, it was a struggle. He wasn't so bad after halftime, but the damage was kind of done there. Uh, Collins, same thing, was better after the half. He had a couple of nice drives to the rim and finishes defensively. He was a little bit better as well after halftime. But it was a bad night for John. I mean, again. He's still really good. I don't worry about John Collins in the slightest, but 313 from the floor is wild for him considering he's usually so efficient. Eight points. Uh, one, to, one to forget, we'll just say, for John. And the Capella and Young were both good. Um, Trey had 31 and 11. He had six, six turnovers, which is probably a little bit too many, but had three steals, was pretty active at times there. Shot the ball well. In fact, I tweeted this out. Um, actually, I think it was earlier today, maybe even on Thursday. Before tonight, Trey's win-loss splits were really, really sharp this season it's kind of wild actually like it's not a huge surprise like when a team wins the best player is usually going to be better when, when the team loses but his his shooting splits in particular and wins and losses have been pretty stark this year but in this game he shot the ball well in a loss so that will help to balance that out a little bit but he was good I don't think he was uh the problem whatsoever it's, it's funny he he was minus 26 which is second worst on the team and Gallo was plus nine like that's a pretty good indicator that a plus minus single game 
total is not always indicative. We'll just say that. I thought Trey was playing. I, I thought Trey played well. So we'll just leave it there for now. And the Capella was awesome. Honestly, 24 points, 15 rebounds, four blocks. He really, you know, those two guys especially, but Capella was really good and kind of, you know, especially in the first half was the only guy <laughs> trying to play defense for the most part. Uh, was efficient around the rim, had nine offensive rebounds. You know, a good night for Clint. He was minus four. It's kind of funny. He was on the court for that, for that big run in the fourth. But, um, yeah, it was Collins. Sorry, it was Capella, not Collins. It was Capella and Young and Solomon Hill were the three guys I think, like, played well, and everybody else was either average or worse. So that's how you lose a game by double digits, and there you have it. So, again, like, that's the worst thing in the world to lose this game in Boston. Like, Boston's better than the Hawks. Um, especially when they have all their guys and the Hawks don't have all their guys. Obviously, Boston's still without Marcus Smart, but um, I think the Hawks would probably trade Hunter, Bogdanovich, <laughs> etc. for Marcus Smart. So, uh, Boston playing at home, no surprise they lost the game. The first half was inexplicable. I, I don't want to give the Hawks a pass on that because you can't be down 27, and they earned it. They, they played very poorly in the first half. And, uh, yeah, there you go. So, the 12-17 and 17 now, not where you want to be, uh, I think, it was not a disaster to split in Boston is my overarching takeaway there. The win on Wednesday feels even bigger now. They got bludgeoned on Friday. If they had gotten bludgeoned in both games, that gets pretty ugly. Uh, obviously, Lloyd Pierce returns on Sunday against the Nuggets. That's a home game. Denver is not like incredibly good this season so far, but offensively, they are tough to stop. And Nikola Jokic is out of his mind right now. So we will not have a preview on that game because the uh, next podcast will be that recap podcast on Sunday evening and Monday. But uh, suffice to say, a big matchup for Click Capella because Jokic has been out of his mind this season. So that's that's the challenge is to stop Denver's offense. The Hawks should be able to score on Denver. Denver is a pretty average, maybe even worse than average defensive team. So the Hawks can uh, take solace in that. They'll be back at home for the first time in a while. And uh, that's a tough one, but it's definitely a winnable game for Atlanta. And that's their next game on the schedule. So please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Sincerely. Again, no, no new no, no new podcast until after the game against the Nuggets. It's, it's the weekend, so unless something crazy happens between now and then, uh, no emergency podcast <laughs> between now and then. So we'll see you on Sunday evening. Tell your friends, rate, review, all that stuff, and we will see you next time.